Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to you from God our Father and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today's gospel is challenging on several accounts because words spoken in the first century must be connected to Luther's Reformation, which took place around 1,500 years later. The gospel also contains some of the most undecipherable words of Jesus, which if he had not spoken the words, the evangelist would hardly have recorded them in his gospel. Luther was an historically great person, but even for Germans today, he has become a peripheral figure. In going to the Frankfurt airport, I picked up the equivalent, the German equivalent, of Time magazine, which featured an article about Luther. From the way it was written, it was obvious that the author assumed that the people of Luther's own country knew very little about him. And then there's the matter of his doctrine of justification, that a man is saved by grace through faith and not through his own works. Seven years ago, representatives of the Lutheran World Federation and the Vatican came to an agreement and signed the Joint Declaration on the Doctrine of Justification, which claimed that the differences over this particular doctrine, justification, between Catholics and Lutherans had become insignificant. That document, like many other documents, has lost its prominence. But there is one fundamental difference between Lutherans and Catholics. For Lutherans, justification takes place outside of us in Christ, by God raising him from the dead, which we receive by faith. Catholics are more likely to see forgiveness as a process which takes place within us, whereby we become holier by degrees. And of course, many Protestants hold to the same doctrine. Reformation Day, if it is to have a purpose, can be a day of corporate introspection in which we ask ourselves uh, what, as Lutherans what it means to be Lutherans or whether we Lutherans have already melted down our doctrine into a kind of general Protestantism. Of the major Christian traditions, Lutheranism is the most vulnerable. People flake off to either side. Some pastors, Lutheran pastors and churches, which ordain women and homosexuals, have chosen to go to Rome. On the other side, our people are in constant danger of being infected by evangelical Protestantism, in which decisions made for Christ are seen of greater value and consequence for Christian living and salvation than baptism is. And then the popular Protestant churches always have a program which they appeal to the people so that they can become healthier and more prosperous. For many, the perfect church is one in which there is no bickering, in which one denomination is not fighting with another. But if the Reformation means anything to anyone, it has to mean that as long as we live, we will not be immune to controversy over the things we believe. Strife comes with the turf. Because unbelief has no use for God, unbelief cannot avoid causing havoc among us who believe. Satan tempted our first parents into believing that if they directed their faith away from God and directed it towards him, 
they would become like they would become gods themselves but instead of ascending into the heavens they detoured themselves right into the grave and they brought us with them Cain was jealous that God accepted his brother's sacrifice and his jealousy gave him a reason to killing his brother Abel and so began the war which will not end until Christ puts Satan and all his enemies under his feet. All this can be summarized in the words of Jesus in the gospel for the day, that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Within the dimensions of time and space, the church will never arrive at that level plateau where there are no crevices in which to fall, no obstacles to circumvent, and no mountains to surmount. John the Baptist pointed to Christ, and he was imprisoned before being decapitated. For preaching the kingdom of God, Christ was crucified, and in his own crucifixion, his own words came to fulfillment, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Luther preached that only God justifies the sinner in Christ. And again, the violent tried to take him by force. The book of Revelation puts it this way, for men have shed the blood of prophets and saints. That's the way it was in the beginning. That's the way it is now. And that's the way it shall be forever. Now to those unusual references to children playing music dancing, and funeral dirges, about John the Baptist being demon-possessed, and about Jesus being a drunkard and a glutton. The siren call to Christians is to get more people into our churches. We should find out what the people want and give it to them. To which we respond that a gospel which does not preach Christ is no gospel, And without Christ, there is no church. Even if we preached what the people wanted, they would soon become bored and they would want another gospel. Churches which have accommodated themselves to the prevailing culture soon lose the grip on their own members. And declining membership in the mainline Protestant denominations are evidence of that. If some ignore the preaching, of the true gospel, how much more shall they ignore a gospel whose message is indistinguishable from what you read in the advice columns in the morning newspapers and here on the morning and afternoon talk shows. And now to the strange preaching of Jesus. This generation is like children calling to their playmates. We pipe to you and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. One child plays a happy tune on the flute, and the other children don't dance. Another child then plays a funeral dirge, And no one mourns. No matter how attractively we package the gospel, no matter how attractive we make the church, some people will never be satisfied. They will not believe. The orchestra plays, 
and the people stay in their chairs waiting for something else to be played. They are like spoiled children, never satisfied with what their parents do for them or what they give them. There are infinite excuses for not believing the Gospels. A church's most carefully contrived mission and evangelism strategy for preaching the gospel may not succeed. By today's dietary standards, with the emphasis on vegetables and the elimination of animal fats, John the Baptist led an exemplary life. And the people said he had a devil. Jesus led the robust life in consuming alcohol and food heavenly laden with fat, and they called him a drunkard and a glutton. John and Jesus had two different lifestyles. Both preached the same message, that God was working the world's redemption in Christ, and in both cases, the people found a reason for rejecting them. Often unbelief is not satisfied with ignoring the gospel. It wants to destroy it. From your own experience, you know that the family member who does not go to church makes it hard for those who do. And the ultimate way of destroying the gospel is slandering or even killing those who preach the gospel. It's the old business that if you don't like the message, kill the messengers. And newly minted ministers soon learn that the world is not eagerly waiting to hear what they have to say. And Isaiah said it. Who has believed our report? The answer is, not too many. Luther's Reformation had its origin in his own state of mental depression, which was brought about by his believing that he had not done enough good works to please God. He then found relief in those Bible passages in Romans and the book of Psalms, which spoke of righteousness as something which God accomplished and then what he accomplished in Christ. We cannot make ourselves righteous before God. We can make no claims on God. Only God can make us righteous, and he has already done it by raising Jesus from the dead. Luther's depression was replaced by a legitimate euphoria that God had found and acceptable in Christ. And this gave Luther the courage to stand before the emperor, the princes, and the emissaries of the pope. Overnight, he became a hero of the German people. Then came reality. Then came the doldrums. The pope and his cardinals and the Catholic rulers had no use for a doctrine that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. The other Protestants had no use for his doctrine that a man is regenerated by baptism and that the elements of the Lord's Supper are really Christ's body and blood. Luther played a tune, and the dance floor remained empty. He played a dirge, and no one wept. John the Baptist was the fierce preacher of divine judgment, and he was ignored. Jesus was the personification of God's grace and love, and the people didn't listen to him either. The organ plays, and the people don't sing. The band plays, and the people don't march. The funeral bell tolls, and the people do not weep. The gospel is preached, and the people do not believe. And now to the final puzzle in today's gospel. 
Wisdom is justified by her deeds. Jesus is speaking about himself because in the foolishness of the gospel is contained God's wisdom and by that wisdom he draws to himself those who are not content with themselves. Those who are unacceptable to the world, Jesus accepts. God is socially indiscriminate. Jesus is most at home with those who see no value in themselves, those who are on the bottom of the financial and social ladder. And all this could happen because Jesus saw no value in himself. He saw no value in himself, and so he let himself be put to death. And that's what the Reformation is all about, that we see ourselves as being nothing in our own eyes, so that we have no other choice but to rely on God through Christ our Lord. The one whom they call the glutton, the one whom they call the drunkard is still around, and he's still eating and drinking. And this he does by sitting with us, kneeling with us at the Lord's Supper, and by this he proves that he is the friend of sinners. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.